Welcome to the wrestling podcast that's not just for wrestling fans. This is Smark and Friends on the Two Finger Guns Club Network. My name is Zach and I will be your host. Today we're running another interview with someone who works in the wrestling industry and picking their brain about what they do outside the ring as much as in it. And my guest is someone I've been wanting on this show since I started exploring this new format. He's a wrestler working out of right here in Montreal in a large, large handful of independent promotions, including my own favorite, IWS, but he's better known for his work in the world of comics. His credits include Southern Cross, Kill Shakespeare, WWE Comics, and more recently, Pound for Pound out of TKO Studios, I'm welcoming illustrator Andy Belanger, who you may also know as Bob Animal Anger, to the show. We're going to talk about wrestling and as many as those comics as we can, and Andy's also going to tell us about an ambitious wrestling graphic novel he's been working on called Mother Trucker. Stick with us, we have a few short messages, and we'll be right back with Bob Anger. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hello again, boldly boinking listeners. It's your friendly neighborhood rocket man informing you that I have blasted off to new planets, new galaxies, new adventures. We are no longer boldly boinking. We are now the rocket man explorers as I go and investigate all sorts of astral and unnatural phenomena starting this season with alternate universes in this universe you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast and follow us on twitter and instagram at rocketman tfgc and we're back joining me on today's show in the ring you know him as bob animal anger and outside the ring he's an illustrator in the world of comics andy belanger andy welcome to the show what's going on man how you doing doing good thanks good thanks for being on the show hey thank you Super cool. It's pretty warm here in Montreal today. How are you holding up? Yeah, it's hot. But my studio has air conditioning. Uh, but I think the dude running my studio turned it off before he left. So we'll see how, how hot it gets in this mask. It can't be as bad as, as uh, when we were wrestling for Heavy Mania. For sure. Outdoor fights, right? Yeah. The last Heavy Mania that we did um, was so hot. I had a match against... Two matches, once against uh, Max Lemire. Okay. okay. And then I had one against Mar- Mikey Maredes. And Maredes and I had a match that had to be in the hottest part of the day. And it was probably two or three times more humid than this. And the sun was belting down all day. And it was so hot that if you lied down or touched the ring with your back, it would burn. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So every time that I, you would, once your adrenaline's going in the match, you, you kind of forgot about it, I found. But like the second your back would touch it, you could feel it like scorching under you. And then forget about breathing and breathing in a mask like inside that match was it was ridiculous. <laughs> we had uh, we had little cues where we would like do a thing, and that if I did like this or something like that, it would be like, "Give me a second, because I'm going to die." <laughs> and he's like in so much better shape. And I remember at one point it looked like he was gonna like 
make a call to be like, slow down, I'm gonna die. <laughs> well, I'm glad you both made it through the match. Yeah, that was a great match too. It was really fun. Man, great he's good. Lo love Murray days. He's a badass. Who do you think had the harder job? I mean, he wears makeup. So like if you're sweating under the mask, I have to assume he's sweating through his makeup that's running down his eyes. Who's having the harder time in the sun? He's a lot younger than me and like in super shape. So screw him, man. It was way harder for me. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> So, dude, uh, normally when I do this version of the show, uh, I gab a bit with my guests about wrestling, pick their brain a little bit uh, more about that first before I jump into what they do on the side. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, but in your case, like you've been working in comics long before you got involved in uh, in wrestling. Um, just how long has, uh, has illustration been a part of your life? Uh, well, yeah, comic book art and drawing for comics and stuff is the same sort of thing as like Wayne Gretzky. I've been doing it since I was like three. Oh, wow. Like, I, I like... There's drawings out there, I think, at my mom's place of me being, like, four years old drawing Hulk Hogan. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, super, super young. Batman, Hulk Hogan, monsters, werewolves. Anything to do with monsters or wrestling, I was all about. Superheroes, like, I was into, like, you know, Batman, and I got into Spider-Man when I was younger, and Thor and stuff like that, some of the Marvel stuff. Uh, but I was way more into wrestling and monsters to, you know, drawing them. But yeah, since I was a little kid and I figured I knew I wanted to do it in high school, but then I figured I needed like a degree in art or something. So I went into fine art, but I knew in fine art, you know, in my, my early, early 20s that I just wanted to draw comic books. So I figured what I was like 23, 24. And then I really started working hard to get into the comic book industry and uh, I, I was going to school in London, Ontario, and then I moved to Toronto. And as soon as I moved to Toronto, that's when my career basically started as a professional illustrator when I was around 25. Like I was actually able to like meet a bunch of other artists that, that did the gig for Marvel and DC, join a studio, hone my craft. Like, I guess I've been working for 17 years and I really feel like I only did my first decent comic book, in my opinion, like three, four years ago. Okay. Yeah. Which comic would that be? Southern Cross. The one Southern I did for Image. Yeah, that was my first yeah. book where I, I think, you know, I, I, I dig it. I think it was like a good book. My, my thing is I'm always trying to make a comic book that my 13-year-old self would buy. Okay. Sort yeah. of like my, my thing with, with comics. I'm always like fighting to be either Mobius, Jack Kirby, or Otomo. Like those three guys, Otomo did Akira, Mobius is probably like the greatest, biggest comic book artist in Europe, and then Jack Kirby basically built Marvel. Right. So right. those three guys, that's like my holy trinity of, of comic art. I'm always looking at them every day and always striving to feel like I'm getting on their level. Right on. And you're not just the illustrator behind uh, Southern Cross, like you're also a co-creator as well, yes. Well, yeah, I, I, I co-created it before Becky came on board. There was another writer involved, and that writer uh, left the project, and Becky was in the studio with me, and she said, hey, I could write a story for this, no problem. Like, I had created the world, right? Like, the ships, and I was doing drawings of characters, and I had a whole world fleshed out, and um, just no script to go with it like no storyline and becky came in and just started doing some really awesome stuff so and uh i don't know how much like uh I, i'm asking but we we sold it to nbc to become a uh nbc universal to be a tv show 
in uh, Japan. It's going to start in Japan as an anime oh, for shit. Crunchyroll. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, we just got that option. So that's uh, a done deal. And if they make the show, that'd be pretty crazy. So wait, am I breaking news on my podcast? Like, is this, uh, is this new? Yeah, slightly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just got paid. Congratulations. Sweet deal, man. Um, more, a little more recent, like uh, one of your more recent works, tail end of 2019, uh, you illustrated the miniseries Pound for Pound out of uh, TKO Comics. Yeah. Uh, really cool world. Uh, I haven't read the, the full series, but I've explored the first issue. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Some uh, really cool world, some very obvious uh, wrestling influence in some of the character <laughs> designs. Uh, yeah. Please tell us a little about this story and how it came to be. I was in a situation where in Southern Cross, Becky was really getting busy with other stuff and didn't have a lot of time to, to write it. And uh, TKO was a new company coming out and they didn't want to play by the rules. They didn't want to distribute through Diamond. They didn't want to go in the Diamond catalog. Um, and they were offering me the same kind of money that I would make at DC or Marvel, like my DC Marvel rate. And, uh, you know, I, of course, I thought that was great. So... Uh, you know, we did some digging into the company and they were totally legit and uh, Z and Sebastian over there just They're awesome. The guys run that are running TKO like they're they're They're, they're real deal. They're they're badass comic book uh, People and uh, I was real happy to do it and the Natalie Chad as the the writer uh, writes Queen of the South and she had written on uh, Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles that TV show Okay. And uh, they gave me the this, this script, and it sounded cool. It was like a they pitched me on this sort of like Breaking Bad meets this sort of badass uh, MMA uh, lady, kind of like, um, oh, my gosh, why am I forgetting her name? Ronda Rousey? Yeah, it was like Ronda Rousey meets jumps into Breaking Bad sort of thing was the idea in right. sort of like this Latin world. And I was like, ah, I, I would love to do like a MMA fighting comic. Like that would be really, really cool and kind of as close to wrestling. So uh, I got the script and it was just badass. Like Natalie was writing really, really hardcore action. Um, and it was funny because I, I was working on it and sort of wrapping up another issue of Southern Cross before it went on pause. And uh, I was really loving it, how hardcore the scripts were. They were just really, really, not what you expect. You know what I mean? They were just really badass. So then after issue two, my wife and I and my, my kid, we moved to Italy for seven months. So my wife could go to school. Okay. And uh, that's where I finished that series. So it was kind of like I would look after my kid from like nine until... I don't know, six and my wife would get home. And then from seven o'clock until four or five in the morning, I would draw full time. So it was like, I was looking after my kid full time and I was working full time. So I only slept about three hours a night in Italy. And then, uh, I would like go, I would actually have a nap with my kid. So when my kid was having a nap in the afternoon, I would actually also nap. So in total, I might've gotten four or five hours of sleep a night in Italy. Um, I wanted to wrestle there. They have wrestling in Italy. It's not as big as here. And Florence, they had a wrestling like group, like a you know like a Facebook group, and they get together and they they start wrestling. But they didn't have a ring. There's no rings in Florence, Italy. So the oh, really? closest ring was in Pisa, which is a you know hour and a half, two hour drive away to get to a ring. And I didn't have a car. 
So wrestling was slightly on hold while I was in uh, Italy. So basically, I was just training my ass off every day, just like lifting, lifting, lifting every day. So for two hours a day, my kid would be out in the courtyard. We had this gorgeous courtyard in Italy. And she'd go hang out in the courtyard with a landlady, and I'd just be back there like lifting weights and the landlady would like have all her old friends over and look after the baby and then just me with my shirt off like lifting weights in the backyard was like they thought it was the funniest thing ever it's just like these three old ladies watching me work out oh that's funny (laughs) yeah it was really funny i mean you're talking about how little sleep you got during that time like if you were able to wrestle like when would you have been able to squeeze it in oh i would have done it if it was more convenient that's the, that's the one thing. It's like because I'm older and I have a career. Um, uh, uh, and this goes for comics too. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a road trip guy. You know, I'm okay. not going to do a road trip to Buffalo sure. <laughs> to wrestle for 50 bucks or 100 bucks. It's not going to happen. Like, you know, if you, you know, if I make, you know, three, four hundred dollars of, of a, you know, on a page of artwork, I'm going to do that in a day as opposed to, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I love wrestling more than anything, but, you know, at my age, it's, uh, I'm not going to do a lot of the road stuff. I like staying local. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but I wrestle in the States a lot for uh, uh, a cosplay wrestling thing down there. I've done that a few times, and there's like a, there's a, uh, a fed that does cosplay wrestling, and they're attached to uh, a group of Comic-Cons in Florida and all over sort of like southern uh, states, and I'll go do that sometimes. I want to do that more. I want to wrestle. You have to have a cosplay outfit, and I really want to wrestle as Gandalf. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> because the champion is a friend of mine named Alex Chamberlain, okay. and uh, he's a big-time Florida wrestler. He's just a big, and he helps the convention stuff. And he's just the biggest sweetheart guy in the world. I love him to death. And what does he cosplay uh, as as champion? He's Skeletor. I don't know if you've ever seen photos of wrestling Skeletor. No. He, oh, my. Oh, okay, I just blew your mind. Go he on did. YouTube and type wrestling Skeletor and like my buddy Alex is going to come up and he is like the best. He has the best clothesline I've ever seen in my life next to Hawk and Animal from the Road Warriors. His clothesline is so savage looking. It, it like, I wish, I wish I could clothesline like this guy. You know, like when I come up for a clothesline, I just throw that arm over and try to come down. His looks like he just like, Oh, like baseball punches your head off. I feel like we're going to have to revise the whole history, the whole list of uh, all-time greatest wrestling clotheslines. I know! I know, there's so many, but like... It's like, like Stan Hansen, Hawk, Animal, yeah, Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the Road Warriors have my favorite clotheslines ever, I think. When I, when I think about clotheslines, they're the best. I was watching a lot, because, uh, uh, you know, uh, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, is going to play Hulk Hogan, I've been watching, like... Hulk Hogan promos and it's so funny because I'll watch a Hulk Hogan promo and within seconds I'm I'm already down the rabbit hole of watching nothing but Macho Man uh, promos. Right. <laughs> like I can't help it. It's my favorite thing in the world like watching Macho Man promos. So it's like I can't help myself. I'll watch them five billion times. They're so good. But like started watching Hogan's matches and I watched this really this one against Ric Flair and just like Hogan had some bad clotheslines. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look great, no. Like, not good clothes. I guess he didn't have to, but he, he yeah. certainly didn't look anything special. Yeah. But when it comes to a big boot, I don't know if he you get it. much better than a Hulk Hogan big boot. 
That guy can big boot your face off. That's a great big boot. There's just, a, it's just, I think it's his size and the big weight of him and the, the hands and just like when he gives you a boot, it's just, that's kind of like, that's Hogan's glorious thing is that boot. Absolutely. On the subject of WWE slash WWF, uh, you've had the opportunity, you've worked on WWE comics with uh, with Boom Studios. Yeah. And you've told some like really rad stories, you know, Jake Roberts, uh, Kevin and Sammy, Kane and The Undertaker. Uh, it's a who's who list for fanboys like, like myself. Uh, what's the process like filling in some of the blanks in these characters' histories? Well, it was really funny. So I was in New York. New York Comic Con and I was going to the image party and I was working on an image book. So I'm in that party and one of the editors from Boom, Jasmine showed up and was talking to a couple friends of mine and they called me over and they're like, hey, you have to, we, uh, we invited Jasmine here, you have to meet Jasmine. And I was like, yeah, okay. And, she, and they were like, oh, well, she's the, you know, kind of head editor of all the WWE comics that are happening. And I was like, whoa, you have to let me draw these things. I'm an actual, pro wrestler and they were like yeah 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 that's why we brought her and I was like no you don't understand and I was drunk and they're just like yes she's here to talk to you and I was like oh cool you know and they already had like a regular series like my buddy Dennis Hopeless was the the writer and he was the one who was talking to me about her I think they're like a couple so uh but uh anyway uh Dennis they had like backup stories and backup issues and stuff or backup stories to go with the, the main storylines in those books. So I got to do a lot of like the, and it was cool because it was all classic stuff, classic yep. WWE. And my whole wrestling career, um, I owe a lot to Andrew Stott, if not entirely to Andrew Stott, uh, Shane Hawk. He, uh, he's my trainer, one of my best friends, just the dopest dude ever. And uh, he's a writer and he writes comic books and kind of like novel story stuff and you know wrestling and uh you know he always wanted to do comic books and i knew that and he had done so much for me sort of thing so i i was like you know what i bet you i could co-write with him and like he would be like the perfect encyclopedia for wrestling and then once we started on the first one, which was a Kevin Sammy thing, I was just like, ah, I don't want to write this at all. I'm just going to let you do the whole thing. And so he wrote all of the WWE stuff I drew. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, he, he uh, you know, trained me in wrestling, has got me amazing match opportunities. And, you know, you know to this day, we're still like, you know, he's like my, my head trainer dude and buddy. So... It made sense to me to, for me to like pay it forward and try and get him as many writing gigs as I could. And he's a fantastic writer. He gave me a script not too long ago for Heavy Metal before it all okay. changed over. That was a wrestling kind of script that was so dope. And I think it was meant to be originally a storyline for Heavy Mania. But the, the script he wrote's badass. And one day I'm going to draw that thing. It's really, really cool. When I had him on the show, he uh, he kind of mentioned that it was a real chance meeting uh, that you guys had at the, uh, I think he might have said the Bell Center or something. You just happened to be sitting next to each other. <laughs> yeah. So I've been in Montreal since 2012. Uh, yeah. And I was part of a, another studio. Uh, I was in a different comic book studio. And um, I was doing jobs for Ubisoft and I met a guy named uh, Dean Evans and we were working on a project for... Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I did a trailer for them. 
Mm. And uh, he was a wrestling freak. And I hadn't really been into wrestling in a long time. Uh, the sort of like John Cena era of wrestling, I just checked out of, basically. I just wasn't interested. Um, and he, he was like, well, hey, uh, I'm going to Battle War uh, next week. You should come. And I was like, what's Battle War? And he's like, oh, like live pro indie wrestling. And I was like, wrestling? Okay. And this was, would have been in 2013, 2012, 2013. So I went with him to, to Battle War and just the whole ambiance, like the fight clubness of it, the, the, the nightclub, you know, the stage for the bands, just the whole thing. I was like, my, my brain exploded. And then for about, uh, when did I start wrestling? It was like pro wrestling. It would have been 2016, 2017. So I would think for three, four years, uh, I went to every IWS. I went to every battle war. Um, I went to a few out in the church basement that was in uh, Verdun. I went to a few of those, but I wouldn't miss them. And we'd just get super loaded and yell at wrestlers, and it was great. <laughs> and we went to the Bell Center one time. We got tickets, and we were partying our ass off, and we ended up uh, getting our seats, and our seats ended up being – my seat ended up being right beside Andrew. And, I mean, I had seen Shane Hawk wrestle a bunch of times. So, like, when we, we sat together, we started chatting – then it got to, you know, me doing some like t-shirts and posters for guys. And then IWS was starting the school. And I think I was probably like student number like one or two, maybe two. Frank Milano, I think was student number one. Like okay. I was student number two. And uh, this would have been in, yeah, this would have been in like 2016, 2017 when they started the dojo. And then I didn't come, I, I did a few classes. It was, it was badass, but then I had like a big comic book thing I had to do. So for six months, I didn't go. And then I came back to the school and started up and never left. And that would have been like 2017, I think. Yeah, I've, I've been doing it for, this is my fifth year. Uh, fifth or sixth year of actually doing matches and stuff. Right on. Yeah, but that's how, that's the whole story of me and Andrew. Um he would he would get us into heavy mania all the time and all the rest of it and then uh we started wrestling and it was uh my wrestling career started and uh the rest is history the rest is history yeah uh jumping back to comics for a second and uh, specifically comics about wrestling are there any like pro wrestling stories that you're just chomping at the bit to tell like uh as an illustrator or as uh or possibly as a writer oh god that uh the the taker story we did we had been after that a while. So what happened was when we started working for WWE and boom, they were like, well, give us ideas for what you want to do for these short stories. We must've come up with 30 of them. There was like 30 different stories for multiple different wrestlers. Uh, and then we were, if we had done all of them, there was going to be a thing where Y2J uh, actually like had a time machine like back in his old promo video, you know, like this, his intro was like a, a little bit of a time machine. It was like that. And he was going to time machine into each one. And he was looking for like magical scarves or something. Remember his scarf business? He always had that scarf thing. Yeah. So it was like, he was looking for like the eight magic scarves or something. It was like really hilarious. Like if they had gone that way, it would have been really cool, but they went with like, you know, a bunch of creators doing stuff. And, but uh, that was really fun. Right on. Uh, you know, I would love to do some sort of like comic storyline that would be 
something that would lead up to Ricky the Dragon and uh, Macho's match. My shirt. Yeah, he's the best. I met Ricky the Dragon for the first time uh, 2019, just this past year, in St. Louis. I was at a convention, and he was there you know, with his white hair, still looking fit as hell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I had to go up. I always talk to the wrestlers and actors in the green room because I'm a guest. I get to go to the green room with all the actors and stuff. And there's always crazy stories about that stuff. And uh, anyway, I went up to him, talked to him a little bit, and just geeked out and he could tell i was geeking out <laughs> you know told, yeah i told him about macho and his my, my favorite match and you know i asked him what did you, you know you always say that you like working with with uh flair better than macho and he's like ah, i say that but it's kind of the same he's like that match with macho is so magic that you know it's always gonna it's all the same it's all amazing it's really cool i ended up talking to B- batista like an hour later and sitting with Batista in the green room for like an hour. The animal and the animal. Yeah, it was double animal. I told him that. I think he was making fun of me, but he was like, he was like, I met him in the bathroom and then we were coming out of the bathroom and I was like, I got to talk to Batista. And I'm, I'm six, two and a half and like 225. He's maybe six, three, six, four, just a little bit taller than I was. Okay. If you took two of me, multiplied them and then taped them together, that's how big Batista is. Yeah, he's a monster. He's humongous. Like, just his, like, it's like two of me wide. Like, he probably weighs, I don't know, 60 pounds more than me. But, like, just 60 pounds of more beef on me would be, like, yeah, wild. Yeah. It's like chiseled muscle, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah and he's just ripped. Yeah. Just, like, crazy ripped. But he was really funny and real, a real sweetheart. Right. He was really, really nice. And, uh we were talking about wrestling and he, he would he, at some point he stopped me and was like wait you still wrestle <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah and he's like how old are you and i was like well, 41 he's like and you still wrestle and i was like yeah and he's like oh okay okay well what's your favorite move now that you're 41 and i was like telling guys no <laughs> he's like that's my favorite move <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, like on the subject of the animal, though, um, Andy. Like I'm really enjoying this conversation. You're very personable. You're very inviting, and that's very different from the uh, from the animal uh, Bob Anger. He's very like straight off of a comic book. I have to imagine that that influence must be uh, must be deliberate. Oh yeah, completely. Like I mean, and I'm not saying like Bob Anger isn't friendly. I'm j- I just mean like yeah, there's a dichotomy. Yeah. Well, the animal is pretty bananas. You know what I yeah. mean? He's pretty crazy. Wrestling for me is like you have, you know, you have this scale or, or I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, on one hand you have theater and then the other hand you have sport. And every wrestler kind of fits into that spot somewhere. And the true essence of wrestling is storytelling. Yeah. Which is theater, right? But so much of it is so important when it comes to sport. So I find, for the most part, most wrestlers I meet, especially in Montreal, are very and and the promoters are very sport. Sure. Right. Sure. The the storylines. There's not a lot of storylines. Uh, they kind of like you know you got the same crew of dudes. When I first started watching wrestling in Montreal, it was very much still just regular dudes in black tights. You know, like I'm a dude. I got black tights on. I'm a wrestler. 
for me, it was very much when I started wrestling, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at that, figuring out where you fit. And I think once you start training, those things become very like apparent. Now I'm looking at your wall back there. Ah, Pete Dunn. Yeah, man. I've done a few yeah. seminars with him. He's a sweetheart. Yeah? Yeah, he's really cool. This all started like IWS was doing their, um, you know, their meet and greets. And I was like too broke to buy stuff to get signed. So I just like, I just started, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just cartoon. So I started with Rob Van Dam. Oh, cool. Got that signed and yeah. Just, oh, I get yeah, it. Yeah. Very cool. Is that Speedball and Vita? Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. My favorite though. Sammy, I don't know if it... Oh, yeah. Well, the microphone's in the way. Oh, though. yeah. There we go. There, yeah, there, there you go. go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, when I when I started training, I think it was like my second practice match. Andrew came up with the name, the animal, because I would scream all the time because I was out of shape. So to, in order for me to do a lot of the drills, I would just scream through them. And it was very kind of apparent, like right away that I was like really good at the theater part. I'm really good at playing a character. I'm very good at like, and when he gave me the animal, I was like, you'd think as a comic book creator, I'd, I'd come up with my own stuff, but he kind of gave me that name. And I was like, I bet you I can make something out of it. And that's where the animal came, came from. But uh, it was very apparent. I'm very good at the theater part, but the sport part uh, was it took a long time to sort of like get up there where I could do a lot of moves and have the the sort of like in ring stuff. So I think I was booked for a lot of matches that were bigger than I could handle really quickly. Almost okay. like my first year of wrestling, I was all of a sudden on the poster for IWS in a like sort of major event against Phantom. I wasn't ready. Like I wasn't ready yet. Like I could do all the stuff we were trained for, but like I wasn't uh, ready. I've spent a lot of time training and I, I should spend more time in matches wrestling. So that's what I've been doing over the last like two years. It's just like really trying to get in the ring as much as possible and do as many matches as possible because that's where you learn everything. I find like you learn a lot in training and the, the dojo is a, is, like pretty much the best resource anyone who wants to get into wrestling can do the IWS dojo. But like once you get into a ring, that's when you can really start finding out stuff. And each wrestler you compete against are different. Like I, from the smallest matches I've done to the biggest, I, I've learned something like super new and uh, learning a lot. I feel like when Kum and I got together as a tag team, right. there was a lot of chemistry there and we were on our way to becoming something really fantastic. And then COVID hit. Him and I were almost wrestling every weekend right before it ended. Mm -hmm. That used to piss my wife off. She only likes it when I do two or three a month, but like we were doing more than that. Sure. We were really starting to find out some cool stuff and I, I had developed a whole sort of like new move set and it, it was badass. And I'm, I'm bummed that the momentum got like shut down. I was about to do a, a huge singles match in Toronto against Josh Alexander on my birthday. Oh, damn. In March. Yeah, it would have been my biggest match. So I was starting to... I knew the match was coming. I was about to start doing promos for it, and I was working out like crazy. And then, uh, then that hit, and it was like, ah, I'm gonna. And then you know, for weeks, you're like, I'm gonna lose my match. I'm gonna lose this match. It's like my biggest match, and like, I'm getting in the ring with Josh. Like, this is no joke. This is gonna be serious. Yeah. So Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champion. Uh, they just yeah. passed one year as champs. Yeah. So that's gonna happen again when wrestling starts. Good. I got a date with Josh. So 
any uh, Animal Kingdom matches on the uh, on the calendar after that too? Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't talked to Kuma in a week or two, but I'll bust his ass. He'll come back. Yeah, but I, I mean, that's my plan. I was, you know, we just put a whole bunch of money and time into Animal Kingdom, and I really yeah. feel like Animal Kingdom could be something big. Um, so I really want to put all my effort into Animal Kingdom again. And he's so talented in the ring. Like, it's, it's, it's great. You know, when you look at, like, theater versus whatever, he's really great at theater. Like, he's so good. But his, his wrestling is pretty fantastic, too. Yeah. So man. us together is going to be, like, a, a really great team. And I know I've already talked to Jason at XZW, and they're, like, really pumped to have us back. Like, I'm already getting messages, like, on a, you know, semi-daily basis to come back to uh, XZW and, and do Animal Kingdom action. We uh, we had Kuma on the show just like a few months back, um, and we were talking to him about uh, about his LARP that he runs up north. Uh, now I have like this this mental image of a Venn diagram in my head. You know, on one side you got the the, uh, the LARPing field, and on the other side you got like graphic illustration field, and like the overlap is is Animal Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's just it, right? I think he has a I think he has a basement with like a hundred thousand dollars worth of costumes or something crazy. Holy yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just got like a basement full of the the stuff for his shows. Yeah. pretty wild but yeah I, would, I can't wait to to get it going again we were just getting some really great stuff some che- like i had some cheesy stuff the one time I, I was like for a few matches i would like you know jake the snake bring out a bag and there'd be like a beaver in the bag but it was like one of my my daughter's puppets and i'd make people <laughs> eat the beaver you know what i mean and chase them with it that was a bit much what was the beaver's name just beaver just beaver <laughs> beaver you know like we'd be screaming beaver it was kind of a funny gimmick that's fun. Uh, but I'm always like, you know, I'm always like of, of two minds. Like, I don't want to go too far, but then sometimes too far works. You know what I mean? And when I pulled out the beaver in that first match, everyone like freaked out. So it was like, all right, we'll try this. But I see it getting old pretty quickly. That's fair. <laughs> I'd rather just get to like some hardcore wrestling in our gimmicks. It'd be really great. So Animal Kingdom, the match with Josh Alexander, we know what you're looking forward to uh, post-COVID in the ring. Coming months uh, on page, what are you looking forward to? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing a short story with James uh, Tinian. Uh, it's like a short horror story. Super creepy, but James Tinian's the, the Batman guy now. He, he's the major writer for Batman uh, at DC. Yeah. So him and I are doing a, a, a short together, and it's turning out really awesome. It's what I'm working on now. And I have a, a lot of us got commissions like crazy when COVID starts. So I have a lot of commissions like where someone will pay me to draw Batman or something. So I have six left of, I think I had, I don't know, 15 or 20 of them. So I got six left. I'm going to finish those in July and this short story. And then I'm back to Mother Trucker. Mother Trucker is like my my baby. It's a, it's a wrestling, a space wrestling comic. Uh, okay. I became a wrestler to make this comic. Um, I wanted to make the greatest wrestling comic of all time. And... Okay. I wanted the research, I wanted to become a wrestler for research. So a lot of my first sort of like getting into wrestling was to just like record what was happening, what I was seeing, uh, really make note of what it was like in the business. And then after performing in, a, in front of a few audiences, I was like, oh, I'm just hooked on being a wrestler now. Right. So on, I, right, just, right. I just wanted to keep wrestling. But Mother Trucker is my big thing. And it, it's basically like, uh, Wonder Woman in space and she's a trucker so 
trucking and wrestling have now combined into like one form of entertainment and sport in space. So if I'm, if I have the trucking con contracts for Walmart, right? And you want my contracts, you got to wrestle me for them. And the back of my, tr back of my truck transforms into a ring <laughs> and our trucks like combine and these rings come out and then we fight and you can get my contract. And every year, uh, at some point they have a, uh, like a big blowout, this like WrestleMania called truck off. And it's where all the, all the belts are up for grabs and all the contracts. And, uh, and the mother trucker is this, uh, woman who is married to a, a Hulk Hogan kind of guy named big rig and a big accident happened. And she gets sort of like in stasis and rebuilt as this like big time, badass like she Hulk looking uh, woman and she it's her rise to becoming the champion of truck off and it's called mother trucker yeah and i'm i'm writing and drawing it i've been writing it for three or four years now and then right before covid i finished uh it's the first one is six scripts so six parts for a, a major graphic novel and then i have the outline and uh some of the scripts for the second story arc um and I finished that right before COVID and I decided uh, a lot of people are doing some really good business on Kickstarter. Okay. Um, like I think I can make more money on Kickstarter than I can working for DC. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm going to kickstart every issue of it. So six Kickstarters for Mother Trucker and then do one big one for the a graphic novel at some point or I'll get a publisher to do the graphic novel. I don't know. Well, but that's I, the business I'm going to start getting into. Comics is in a really rough place right now because of COVID. Naturally, yeah. A lot of weird stuff has gone down and a lot of like, not only the culture of comics, but the business of comics has really struggled with COVID. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen. So I kind of feel like building my own business, my own company, my own, like, uh, I think I'm going to start my own comic publishing company called Lethal. Lethal, okay. With a few of my friends. And we're gonna start publishing our own stuff and publishing through Kickstarter and then, you know, like really small, but like start growing it over time and uh, see how that works. I have a few buddies that wanna do their own projects. And like, if I do a Kickstarter and my friends are involved and the people who back me, maybe we'll back them and we can start like a, a sort of like fan base that way that I think would be really cool. And, you know, there's no publishers involved. So it's like, right out of our heads it's gonna be super super cool i'm pumped well dude like the premise you just like outlined for mother trucker uh like if the rest of your team is like in that same spirit like i am excited for you and i'm excited yeah to see like you. all the all the truckers are like it's like the, the aesthetic is like he-man so it's like all yeah. the truckers are like these big like he-man looking dudes yeah, and yeah. mother trucker is kind of like the i think there's a few lady wrestlers in in the in the thing i think i in episode two or three she fights these like twins it's gonna be really cool but um yeah it's all sort of like built around that yeah sweet well dude uh thank you for for being part of the show this was uh this was a great conversation oh, hey, thank you right on before i let you go please uh let our audience know where they can follow you on social media andy underscore belanger at instagram or if you just type andy belanger into instagram there'll be a photo of like my mask head You'll probably say Animal Bob Anger. You can look at my Instagram there. That's my big one, Instagram, and you can really like check out all my artwork. It's a very artwork-driven thing. 
and then uh, you know Andy Belanger on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. I'm I'm all up there. I'm currently building my first website in like six years. Okay. And like I have a company that's like doing my website. So uh, pretty soon I'll have a website where you can buy. Uh, merchandise like all our shirts like this is gonna be this is a prototype but this is like an animal kingdom shirt sweet so this we did prototypes of these and then covid hit so we haven't like actually started making them yet but you'll be able to buy animal kingdom stuff and posters and all kinds of crazy stuff all things andy belanger slash yeah i think i'm gonna start a poster company too i want to i want to get into making a poster company it's kind of kind of cool but who knows what's going to happen with this COVID thing. It's going to – all of my comic book conventions for the entire year, I had 12 lined up for 2020. The, the last one got canceled two days ago. Fuck, I'm sorry. In Atlanta. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I had ones in England. My family and I were going to spend a month in Scotland. It was going to be in uh, November. It was going to be so cool. But 2020 is off the books. And I think 2020 is off the books for wrestling too. Like, yeah. I can't yeah. see it happening. Everyone's like chomping at the bit, but – it's, I don't, it's I don't with the United it's States the way it is. I can't see Canada being like, okay, start wrestling. And Quebec isn't doing all that much better uh, in terms of like case numbers and whatnot. You know, we're certainly not where the states are, but it's uh, it's not promising numbers. Yeah. 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 Well, oh. that's a that's a lovely note to end the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'll be making comic books the whole time. Yeah. We need a good anecdote. Uh, got anything cheerful? <laughs> just some Bruce Lee action. Just flow like water and strike like ice. There we go. There we go. I live by that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, thank you again for being part of the oh, show. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, talk to you soon. Later. That was my chat with Andy Belanger, or as fans of the biz know him, as Bob Animal Anger. Thanks again to Andy for joining us here on Smart and Friends. Please be sure to check out Pound for Pound, presently available from TKO Studios, and keep an ear to the ground for the crowdfunding campaign for Mother Trucker. This sounds like a comic that I want to read, and I bet you're just as interested as I am after hearing about this book, Mother Trucker! Uh, if you like this episode, I have a few podcast suggestions for you to check out. The first two are from our very own catalog, which we mentioned during the episode, uh, first being our chats with Andy's Animal Kingdom tag team partner, Kuma the Grizzly King, about running his LARP here in Quebec, the other being our interview with Andrew Stott, who wrote the WWE comics in which Andy illustrated. This was originally part of Two Finger Guns Club's 28 and 28 campaign, so it's part of the 28 and 28 channel, but it's going to migrate over to here on the Smart and Friends feed in the next day or two. Last recommendation... If you want more Andy Belanger, and who doesn't, catch his interview with our friend Aaron Broverman of the Speech Bubble podcast on Never Sleeps Network. Great interview by Aaron with a deep, deep dive into Andy's work in comics. Check all that out. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Please give us a follow on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. With the name Smart and Friends, we're very easy to find. And if you like what you're hearing, please visit ratethispodcast.com slash smartandfriends. Thanks once more for listening to our conversation with Andy Boulanger. We are back next week with an uninitiated fan for another wrestling watch-along. Till then, folks. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.